like there's a lot of a lot of expectations on me right now because it's starting. No, I'm just kidding. All right, <laughs> welcome to the Aging Hipster. I am joined today by Katie Clausen. Katie, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Hey, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Good. Before we kind of get into, oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing really well. Thank you. Before we get into our talk for tonight, I just want to kind of take care of some business. Please rate, review, and follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean. Please, and when you review, please leave kind reviews. If you have any questions or want to be a guest on the podcast, please write me at aginghipsternetwork at gmail.com. That's aginghipsternetwork at gmail.com. So, Katie, I had gave you an assignment, and I've done this a couple times with people. It's kind of what I've been calling the soundtrack of your life, kind of in my head. I asked you to pick one or more songs that kind of re- really place you in certain times of your life. And the times that I was kind of looking for is like your childhood, young adulthood, kind of adulthood. I think you termed it as like once you start paying your own bills mm-hmm. and finally where you are now and where you're going. So with that said, let's kick it off and get into your first song. What is it? Okay. So for childhood, I think this was the easiest one of this homework assignment to choose. I picked Check Yes or No by George Strait. I'm a huge country music fan, and like my tastes in country music kind of tend a little towards the more traditional or like the red dirt country. But this song is the first song that I remember like singing to. It was my first favorite song. This is how love goes. Check yes or no. I was actually so obsessed with this song that my mom bought my dad and I tickets when I was in the first grade to go see George Strait. And it was my very first concert. And where are you from? Where are I am you from? from Auburn, California, which is a small town between Sacramento and Reno, Nevada. Oh, interesting. So mm-hmm. can you kind of describe what like kind of the geography is? It's um it's foothills. So cold in the winter you get Mm -hmm. kind of all four seasons a little more than you do in most of california but we're right below the snow line so you don't get snow all winter maybe one or two times a year but you do get a lot of rain and still the same cold weather Um, approximately how many people are living in auburn right is that what you said auburn california auburn yeah you know what i would have to google to to get the correct number, but it's a fairly small town. There's one high school. My graduating class was probably 200 people. I'm a, I was a fourth generation graduate from the high school in Auburn. So my family has been in Auburn pretty close to since when they came to the United States. Oh, really? And where's that from? Um, my, on my dad's side, they are from Sweden and that's the side that's been in Auburn the longest. My mom's side is also Uh, My great-grandparents were the first generation to come to the United States. They weren't born here, but they came here. Um, And they are from Norway. So I'm very much Scandinavian. My grandpa came here on a boat from uh, Sweden in, I don't know what year it was, but he was 12. By himself or? Yes. He came here by himself. His parents only um, couldn't quite afford. They actually couldn't afford to send any of them. But they found a very distant, very, very distant family member that was already here that paid for his boat fare 
and gave him enough cash that he could get off of Ellis Island. And then he had to work on a farm in the Midwest for, I think, two or three years to pay all that money back before he could continue on. And he worked long enough. He worked his part, and then he worked long enough to get one of his sisters over. And the intent was for Mm -hmm. the whole family to come. But I think only three of them ended up coming. Wow, at 12. I can't even imagine being 12 and being like, yeah, you got to start over. Start working on this farm. Well, he was the only son, and he was the youngest son. Sweden was in a depression. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't afford to feed everybody anymore. So they sent him to try to make money. That's fascinating. And so Auburn, what what kind of is that more of an agricultural community? Um, or it used to be. So it's where yeah. it's where um most of the back in the early 1900s where most of the tree fruit was grown. My mm. grandpa and my grandmother worked in peach packing sheds. My grandpa did it as a summer job. My great grandma that was her job full time. She worked packing fruit in a fruit shed, but. There's not that much agriculture there now because there's so many new fruit tree varieties where they don't need as many chill hours. They don't have to grow them in an environment as difficult as Auburn is for that type of thing. Mm -hmm. See, I think Placer County's biggest agricultural commodity is rice because it encompasses like Chico, Yuba, Sutter, a lot of the valley, the county that we're in. So I think our biggest agricultural commodities are probably rice and then Christmas trees. And I've kind of derailed you. I'm sorry. Uh, being from Austin, Texas, we are definitely in George Strait country. I believe yes. he lives in San Antonio. Uh, so yeah, go ahead. Uh, so you're six years old. You have your George Strait ticket. You're with your dad. And where do you where are you going? Is it in Sacramento or Reno? Yeah. Yes, we had to go to Sacramento. I was so excited. My mom found Wrangler jeans, and I didn't know that they made like. The jeans are actually something that she saved in a box of like special memory stuff for me. Oh, really? So when you pull them out, they're like like a six-year-old. Like I don't even think I can get them <laughs> on one leg. They're that tiny. I can't believe Wrangler makes jeans that small. And I had a shirt and I had a jean jacket covered in like the enamel pins because I was really cool. And you had to just cover mm-hmm. the the fest, the collar of the jacket and pins. I fell asleep during the opening act and I fell asleep. My dad had to wake me up when he came on because I was in the first grade. So when he came on at like eight o'clock, we were already like an hour and a half past my bedtime (laughs) and I stayed awake through the rest of it, but I was out until my dad woke me up. He like the way he remembers it. And I remember it are very different because I guess there were a lot of really drunk girls right next to me that like thought I was really cute and were spilling beer everywhere. I don't remember any of that. I just remember the nice girls next to us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and uh, what kind of pens did you have on your, on your collar? What kind of flair? Um, well, do you remember? I probably had a lot of Disney pens, Mm -hmm. loved the movie Aladdin and pretty much any Disney movie. And that, so that was a gift that people would give me would be like the enamel pins. So I could put them on my jean jacket. I had some random ones, like some bank of America or visa ones. Cause my mom worked for bank of America for 30 years. And then my, my grandma actually went to Norway for the Olympics. So I had a couple of Olympic pins from her trip there, but anywhere anybody went on a vacation or anywhere I went on a vacation, we bought, pins so that I could put them on my jacket. It probably weighed 30 pounds, almost maybe more than me. It's six years old. Uh, and with your Wrangler jeans, because George Strait was a, 
a spokesperson for Wrangler or something, right? He was. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie that he did? Was it called Pure Country? I did. Yeah, it was the romantic I don't know if it's, whatever. Yeah. I don't know if it's quite a cinematic masterpiece, but it was entertaining. <laughs> and when you're six years old and George Strait is like your favorite artist ever, I'm sh- you definitely have to love it at that point, right? Yep. Yeah, oh, definitely. I was not so much into the popular country stuff. I remember my um my mom and stepdad, they started getting into co- the country like Brooks and Dunn and probably a lot of George mm-hmm. Street too. And at that time, I was really kind of branching out into more rock and roll metal and stuff like that. And I was just like, couldn't take the boot scooting boogie or something. And I was just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> like, that doesn't speak to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm still a country music fan to this day. I think my tastes have kind of shifted from popular country to to more of the, I guess, what they call red dirt or Texas country that has a little bit more of a traditional sound versus today's popular country music. But, I mean, I appreciate all. What's uh, someone that would represent, like, kind of this red country or this red, what did you say, red dirt Texas? Red dirt, yeah. Like Randy Rogers or Wade Bowen, um, I guess Josh Abbott. I guess you could... Reckless Kelly, Mickey and the Motor Cars. I don't know if I'm naming bands that anybody's even ever heard of, but no, I, I haven't. <laughs> this, but, and and like for me, like a lot of my favorite artists pretty much tour around Texas and Oklahoma and maybe surrounding states and never make it out here. So when they do come this way, I get super excited. Have you ever been to Texas before? I have not, and I'm very sad about that. I can't believe it. it sounds like you're like at, in your soul, you're a Texan. <laughs> Maybe, maybe if I come, I'll never see, go there. I'll never leave. So yeah, you'll you'll just uh, if you come into Austin on business, you would just drive to San Antonio, try to find George Strait, and never leave. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> maybe. Let's get into the next one. So now, Katie's a young adult. I and I kind of put in like kind of high school college years it it doesn't have you know i know that high school and college is sometimes a big gap and so you went to a small school i have to admit that i went to a smaller school than you so my my class is only like 94 people oh wow it was even small yeah so i can definitely understand a little bit of a small school blues a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah all right so so what did you pick So I picked two different songs for high school and college because I feel like they were very different for me. So in high school, I'm going to have to classify that as any Death Cab for Cutie song. And that's vastly different than George Strait. I didn't have a lot of friends in high school. I had a really handful of close friends. And... They were more of the, I mean, they they you they would are very much what you would classify as like a standard hipster today. They were really and still are very into indie rock and maybe a little bit on like the emo crowd side. And so every time I hear a, a Death Cab for Cutie song, I'm in my car at lunch in high school, and we're all in my car and. They've picked the music and we're, we're driving to Taco Bell because that was like the the thing that you could get to from the high school 
and get back to school on time. In like 30 minutes or something like that. Yeah. You didn't, you could get other places, but you would also maybe get a speeding ticket. So, (laughs) and I didn't have to drive. I wasn't allowed to have friends in my car and Taco Bell. I didn't have to drive by where my mom worked. So there was less risk of risk of getting caught. Well, I hope that your mom's not going to listen to this because you just oh, I got yourself. in trouble for having my friends in the car all the time. She would have okay. people come into the bank. And just, I saw this girl who looked just like your husband, Ron. She's like, this girl? And pull the picture out from the back of her desk. They're like, yeah, I saw her with her friends. And I was like, oh. I know your friends don't drive, so. <laughs> oh, Busted. All right, and then what's their second one? So this My is more second college, one right? Would be college, and it would be "Stronger" by Kanye West, and that is because I probably have heard that song a million times because um, freshman orientation was called Week of Welcome. It was a whole welcome week where you get to learn. I went to Cal Poly, so you get to learn the city of San Luis Obispo and the college campus. And my group leader, who was, I think, like a junior in college, was obsessed with that song. And she played it on repeat constantly until everybody knew every word and it was stuck in your head and you didn't even want to listen to it anymore. But that's like I I associate that to this day with with college because that was like the first thing I probably heard after moving into my dorm. Was this this person blasting Kanye West? And so Cal Poly, slow, where yeah. a lot of people go for ag stuff. Like basically everyone in the Central Coast like went to that college, right? Yeah, it's actually really funny because um, we're both in the produce industry and we're getting ready for PMA. And Cal Poly actually hosts its own reception for alumni oh, at they, PMA. They're just like, bring There's your checkbooks. So we're ready. Yeah. yeah. You probably run into all the, all those people constantly, right? But there's yeah, you know, um, and especially I, when I was in Salinas, because Salinas is just all produce shippers everywhere. Yeah. You, you would see people that I recognized from the PMA Capali mixer or from classes that like just seemed so familiar, but I couldn't remember who they were or their names. But I knew I had taken a class with them. It was kind of odd nope. sometimes. And what kind of drew you to ag? To agriculture. Well, when I started college, I was an animal science major. Growing up with livestock, I thought, I don't know if I thought I wanted to be a vet, but I thought I wanted to do something with animals. And I I don't Mm -hmm. really have any idea what that was. And then I took some chemistry and animal nutrition courses that were really hard and it just didn't click with me. And then that same quarter, I was taking an economics class, an agricultural economics class. And that did. I, I mean, that was my favorite class. I loved it more than the classes that I was taking in my own major. So I switched to to agriculture, ag business. What and did I they teach in um, agriculture economics? Because I actually work in agriculture economics, so I'm interested in what they mm-hmm. teach. It's a lot of, like, basic economic principles, but oh. they kind of focus it on 
uh, food and agricultural commodities because they're not as elastic as most other consumer goods. So there's some differences. All the examples are focused around ag. Um, all of our support courses were in different ag. So I took I took a class on fruit tree propagation and I took a soil science class and I had to take a handful of animal science classes just to have a well-rounded knowledge of the agricultural industry as well. Some of the business kids always made fun of us because they said we had the easy uh, business degree. But. Oh yeah, they're just like, oh, it's like that's uh, ten dollars for a bushel. That's easy. <laughs> but yeah. like, what do they mean by elastic? When you say elastic, I mean because prices change constantly. Yeah, on, um, on I think they mean like a consumer level. Like, oh, everybody has to still buy food. Okay. We all still have to eat. They're right. not things that are going to get cut out when your budget gets tighter, restricted. Like, I might no, not buy a new shirt, but I am still going to buy food. I, I heard a really uh, fascinating thing that kind of corresponds with that. And I don't know if it's true or not, but it has to do with Alan Greenspan. Uh, so I guess economic or economists, I'm sorry, economists have all sorts of these indicators that they it, it's like they follow them and it's like their flair or whatever. They follow different stuff. But Alan Greenspan used to follow men's underwear as an indicator of recession because his thing would be that if they stop buying male underwear, guys will stop buying underwear first and you better look out. I I, I heard that like on a, uh, something where they were talking about the big short or something. And, but I guess right now male underwear is way down. So you better look out. Hmm. That's a really interesting indicator. But it kind of goes back to what you're talking about with elastic. So you yeah. really, so you really liked ag, and mm-hmm. you got, and then you started working in agriculture. That's, yes, right. Um, I did. It, was there something that, from like what you learned in college, was just different once you got into the real world? Was there anything different um, that kind of opened your eyes? Well, I think it's what a lot of people experience when they transition from being a student to to having to work. That you know, there's not a bunch of breaks in the middle of the day so you can work on stuff that you work a full eight hours instead of having, you know, five or six hours of class with a bunch of breaks in between and that there's no spring break or summer vacation. You just keep working. It was always the hardest. And I think that there are a lot of things that maybe didn't seem as applicable or different or maybe I actually finally understood when it was in a real world scenario. There are a lot of things now that happen and I'm like, oh, we learned about this in class. Now I like actually understand instead of just regurgitating the lesson that I learned. Interesting. Yep. I mean, because a lot of people kind of, they don't have a good idea of, we've become uh, really kind of divorced from our food system just because of the nature Very of our society. So. And I just, it's, it's interesting because it, you know, I, you know, I grew up, even though it was kind of rural, but everyone just grew like soybeans and corn. So like, it wasn't like a very diverse production out there you could kind of smell the manure when it was mm-hmm. when they were fertilizing but you know we just grew kind of just that commodity stuff and i remember it wasn't until i really started getting into more of the supply chain stuff that some stuff that that really kind of blew my mind that never really even occurred to me like you know like for instance berries like all berries are hand harvested they're all by hand yeah. you know that like i never even never even even occurred to me do you remember Something like that, like uh, that really kind of you're like, holy cow. 
Yeah, I, I think that there were a lot of things, especially like when I started. So I guess my my second technical produce job was my and my second internship was um, on the purchasing side. And I don't think I really understood the massive amount of like logistics and transportation that went into it. I mean, I had a good understanding of of how where the food came from, but the really complicated process of of cooling and shipping and and all of the detail and time and all of the people and the massive amount of effort that it takes to get the food from the farm into the grocery store. Um, there's a lot of people and a lot of steps and a lot of, a lot of stress sometimes too. Oh, totally. I mean, that's my life. I think in many ways when I tell people like, Oh, I'm a buyer of blah, blah, blah. They, th- you know, I, I don't know what they think. Mm-hmm. They try to act interested, and I appreciate that. You know, I've come to realize that you're talking about it's like it's not so much a lot of the time isn't made up of like, oh, this is a beautiful strawberry. Oh, look at this blueberry. You mm-hmm. know, look at it tastes so good. Most of the time is like I need to get a truck from here to there in five days, and I need the stuff not to totally turn the crap when it arrives and that's most of it. So it's not so much buying it's a supply chain and that's Mm -hmm. just, uh, yeah, you're right. It's just thinking about just the matter of reefer trucks. They're just crisscrossing the country, you know, taking all sorts of commodities. And the amount of time and resource that goes into getting them loaded, like just getting trucks loaded and on time is, is an incredible challenge. Um, But I experienced that, with you as well, um, with you tell people what they do and they're kind of like, oh, yeah, that's nice. Um, <laughs> they don't really quite understand what you do. Uh, right, but exactly. a Christmas party, it, so my fiance, Alex, I went to his company Christmas party. I think it was two years ago. And I was talking with one of his, I guess it was like his boss's boss I, that I ended up talking to. And he asked me what I did. And at the time I worked for uh, in the berry industry. And I said, oh, I sell, I work for a berry grower. I sell and I do sales. And he immediately started like, I could see in his eyes that he was like, you sell strawberries on the side of the road. Like, I think that was what he understood of my job. And and then he immediately started talking to me about Farmville. And I, well, he, an online farming simulation game that he plays, which I'm pretty confident is Farmville. And it was just like. The most bizarre conversation. He's just letting you know he's a man of the people, and he yeah, understands. Yeah, and, and the he totally understood how how difficult it was to grow strawberries because in his farming simulation game, it took a lot of of whatever currency they used, or work effort, <laughs> or whatever. Oh man, it's been a it's been a terrible <laughs> strawberry year this year. So I don't even really want to talk about strawberries right now. <laughs> okay, we can move on. <laughs> All right, so you're out. You get out of college. You got out of your Kanye Kanye West phase. You're getting into adulthood. It looks like you're you're in Santa Cruz. You got I your did. brand new right internship. Yeah. Yep. I moved to Santa Cruz right after college, and I moved into a house that I found on Craigslist with three complete strangers. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure my parents were terrified. Yeah, um, I would be too. 
I, I mean, I met, went and met them before I agreed yeah. to move in and rent the one of the bedrooms in the house, and they didn't seem like they were going to murder me. So, well, that's good. I think it's good. And so, who were they? So, you're three. So, is it describe so, them? So there was um, the girl in the bedroom next to me was what you would consider to be your stereotypical Santa Cruz resident. She she slept with crystals in her bed. She um, kept rocks in the shower because she only wanted to exfoliate with natural products. Um, she constantly was burning incense and candles and sage all over the house to get rid of our bad auras. And she was just very airy and light. And she was a wonderful person. But that she was just very much part of the Santa Cruz culture was was her personality and the, her lifestyle. She um, came from a family that holds some very, just say has a lot of money. They hold a lot of very important medical patents that they make lots of money on. And so she just didn't really work and she just lived in Santa Cruz. And Sounds like a wonderful life. Yeah, it was a wonderful life. She... Um, Sometimes it'd be weird though, because it was like Emily. Why is the bathtub full of rocks? You got to take a shower. <laughs> she, she's just rubbing herself with rocks and just <laughs> getting yeah. clean. Yeah, cashing the cashing those checks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got so you got Emily, and then we and had got- um we had uh, Eric, who is a Volkswagen mechanic and was a hardcore uh, burner which is a person who goes to Burning Man. That's what I learned. He was given a dilapidated electric golf cart shortly after I moved in that sat in our driveway for what felt like eons, but was probably only a few months and turned that into an amazing art car that he took to Burning Man that ended up being a rocket covered or a rocket powered covered wagon that like had all kinds of lights. You never would have known that it started as a golf cart. It didn't resemble anything like that at the end. Wow. Um, and then how about the last person? The last person was our landlord. Um, she owned the house. She was, I guess, relatively the most normal. She now works for Cliff Bar um, doing food safety. She was in college at the time completing a degree in kinesiology. And she owned a house? Yeah, she owned it with her cousin. And so they they rented rented the other rooms to pay the mortgage. I mean, they were all wonderful and nice, and I'm still actually friends with a lot of them. It was just a really weird mix of people. It sounds Um, like, especially coming out of, because you're you're a uh, self-identified, very shy person going into this where there's a, there's a lady rubbing rocks all over herself. There's a crazy and, mechanic making art cars. Like, yeah, and and there the two of them were by far some of the most outgoing people I've ever met. Um, I think I think Eric the mechanic is one of my friends to this day, and maybe the only reason I started making friends when I first moved there because it it's really hard to move somewhere new and make friends, right? Um, what did you learn from him? Because he seems like it's different than anybody you ran into in Auburn or even in college, probably, right? That that and that actually kind of ties into the music that I picked here. Um, oh yeah, what's your music? I forgot about that. It, I actually don't know what it is, but there's some specific 
EDM songs that I instantly think of of Eric and his art car because we he would work on his art car and he'd have friends over and I actually helped on it quite a bit. I helped sew a bunch of curtains with his mom that went over the sides. But it was moving in with Eric. It was the first time that I had ever um, witnessed somebody listening to EDM music because they really liked it and not because they were like at a club or a bar trying to dance. So that was a new experience. Um, And just the whole Burning Man culture and part of the way that he lived his life was very different. And it's not necessarily like drug use or anything like that, but he's one of the most like openly like caring and nurturing people. Um, If you needed anything, he would give it to you immediately. And all of his friends were the same way. You could call them and say, Hey, I need you to come pick me up. My car broke down or, can you give me a ride from here to here? And they would do it without question. And they were just phenomenally nice people. And it made it really easy to hang out with them and start to be part of their group, even though I was so different than all of them, my personality and my music tastes. And I have no desire to ever go to Burning Man. Um, it sounds, it sounds look, very it stinky. Very fun. And- but yeah, I don't think hot. I could do it. It's way too much desert and dirt and hot and not enough showers. Did but they, did them accepting you for whoever you were just make you more comfortable in your own skin? It did. It did. Cause they just kind of accepted as long as you were nice, you could be friends with them. And, yeah. it, and it really kind of, I think helped bring me out of my shell too. Let's get to the last couple picks that you have. So my last couple picks, um, because you picked the the last section was now and where you're going. And I actually found this really hard to pick. And I think some of my my choices actually, I think, are both influenced on the fact that I'm getting married in the spring. And I've been thinking a lot about music and what we're going to play and Alex and I have a lot of things in common and music doesn't really happen to be one of them all of the time. <laughs> we have a handful of artists that we both really enjoy because we have some, some common, um, we both listen to country music as kids, but like you, he kind of moved away from that into more rock or metal. Um, well, actually- I, I should just say I was never there to move away from. I never visited <laughs> country were never music. Even there. <laughs> I, I know a little bit about George Strait because I'm blending mm-hmm. in and I liked pure country because I'm now. weird like that. Yeah. yeah. And he likes EDM and then I have my country roots, but then I also have a lot of musical tastes from, from my, my dad, my parents. I love the Eagles and Linda Ronstadt and James Brown. And, and a really weird one that I'm going to throw out is the tower of power. Um, I actually made Alex go see them live with me. I thought I was going to have to go by myself, but he went and I think he might have enjoyed it a little bit. Um, so the uh, planning uh, wedding song list, are you guys both like writing down like what you want and you guys bring it to each other or how do yeah. you even start? So our DJ has a, a catalog that we can log into and add a bunch of songs. So I'll go in and add a bunch and then he will be like, you have got to, to tone it down with these music choices. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we'll take some of mine out and heal out a bunch. And then I'll be like, no, this is too much. And so can you think of something like that you nixed of his? I think that there was a lot of Metallica. I don't know if I actually nixed anything and I don't mind Metallica. Um, <clears throat> but it was like where it was. It was like, I don't think we need to have like the EDM music playing like around the ceremony time. Like, can we, we can pick something else and moving it around. He's actually waited to do a lot of it. He's picked a handful of songs that he really wants. But I think when it gets closer to us having to hit the final submit button to the DJ on songs that we don't want to hear and songs that we would like to hear, that it'll get to be a more serious discussion on what we're going to pick. So the picks that you have here, are they in your list? They are. Um, I, one of them is the one that the, the first one that I'm going to say is actually one that we've agreed on to be our first dance. And that's millionaire by Chris Stapleton. Um, Chris Stapleton is a country music artist. And it's actually one that we, we both really love. Um, we've seen him live twice and we just really like the song and it's a really great song about love being more precious than gold and it's really lovely nice and so and so alex where did you meet him we met at a san francisco giants game oh is this a meet cute moment like uh you're going up for a hot dog or something for beer no, it, it ran was, into each other while you're rounding the corner. It was orchestrated by two of our friends who who um, who were matchmaking. So Alex and I actually have a handful of um, like friends in common from college, and when they put the list together and invited us they organized like a tailgate party and for all of us to go to the game together when they realized that we had never met they immediately started matchmaking oh no and the giants game that's right because you're a huge san francisco are, giants yes, fan I am a huge san francisco giants fan how they do this year very terribly <laughs> did they the best thing that ever happened to me was and i don't know if was i i might have been buying from you at the time when the cubs made their run but they the best did. thing that was that happened was that they won the World Series, so I can never watch baseball again. So I saw it, I saw them through. I was like, "I'll see you later." Yeah. And well, I remember you just, being very devastated because you you shaved your beard during the World Series, and they started, and then they lost the next game, and you yep. were you were just very depressed. I, I took it personally, you and did. it was good because I, it was a good. I'm not. I don't regret being a Cubs fan or going through the playoffs, but five hour games. Now I got to tell you, I just don't have it in me anymore. It's really hard to watch. I don't watch them all. It's like almost one of those things that it's, uh, you can go there once in a while or just look at the box scores or ESPN and just kind of keep track that way. Yeah. I'll listen on the radio too. The the radio is far more exciting than television. Most of the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's not so intrusive. You can just kind of, be doing other stuff while you're just like oh it's only it's three hours into the game and it's the second inning okay yeah i can do the dishes i can do whatever it can go outside with me i'm not stuck in one place okay so you're dancing to chris stapleton and then going into an edm song is that when alex put in an (laughs) edm song like after that i'm sure that's what he's gonna try to do (laughs) is he good is he a good dancer um i 
qualified classify either of us as great dancers. And I think that we're probably the most, uh, I'm not going to speak for him, but I, I'm going to say that he's probably feeling the way that I do and that we're both probably, I think, I'm definitely a little nervous about the the first dance and a lot of the ceremony because having that many people just watch you for that long, I find mm-hmm. a little bit nerve wracking. I can't remember the last time I slowed dance. I can only imagine. And it'd probably just go back to high school or junior high, you know, when you're just like going back and you're rocking like a ship. You yeah. Know? With your arms out. Cause you had to leave all the room. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to take like a class or something? Like um, class. Do the, people do that, right? Yeah. Um, my coworker actually just did that. Her and her now husband took a, a dancing class before their Yesenia. Yes. She did not talk about that. That jerk. She's holding down on me. She did. Right she now. took a, she took a dance class. They took, I think they had like a handful of like three or four lessons, I think. I don't know for sure, but it sounded really fun. Are you going to do it? No. You're just going to just wing it. I think we might just wing it. Okay. How about the next one? The next one um, I put on here because it's really fresh in my mind. Um, It's an Eric Church song. And when Eric Church is another one of the artists that Alex and I both like also country um he does not have a great beard no he does not no no beard it was the very first like live music event concert that we went to together when we first started dating i think we'd only been dating maybe a month or two springsteen is one of our favorite songs by eric church and the song springsteen i don't know if you've heard it but it's um kind of this is all about how a specific song, um, even a melody in a song can be tied to a memory. And when you hear that, you're transported back to whatever event that you've tied emotionally to that music. And I think that it's a lot about what we're talking about today. But it's oh, yeah, also... That's right. um, he stole my idea. He did. I had written it a long time ago, but... Yeah. Eric and Church, I feel like I'm it's out kind of a universal truth for a lot of people in music, um, there are a lot of songs that I hear that I'm bring back a memory or you're there. And I think that as we, you know, get married and kind of build our lives together, there's going to be a lot of those moments for us to come. And we actually just saw Eric church on Saturday. So. For are you going to be dancing part. to this one too? Is this a dance one? Um, not really? Is this I don't a- know. I'm sure we're going to play it. Yeah. And so listening to that, you're talking about like, it's all about tied to memory. Mm-hmm. So if you're so the, like what, the melody is, it's funny how a melody sounds like a memory can take you back in time. And, and the memory that he talks about through the song is tied to a Springsteen song. And that does kind of tie in what we're talking about because you, mm-hmm. the first one with your dad watching George Strait. Mm-hmm. Next one, you're in ne'er-do-well. In the Taco Bell parking lot. Yeah. During lunch. Yeah. With the chicken quesadilla and the Pizza Hut breadsticks. Because <laughs> yeah. our Taco Bell did both. Oh, yeah. It's because they're part of the, the Yum Corporation or something. They are. Together. The next one was Kanye. I was never a big Kanye fan either. No, I'm not either. But for some reason. It, it sounds it, like they just like assaulted you with the yeah. song. Yeah. And. You go through slow and all that kind of stuff. And then in the last half of your life, you're just like surrounded by EDM music, whether it's from uh, Burner Eric, you know, 
make an art car and then your fiance. Um, I'm sure you've shared this in other episodes, but I'm curious if you have a song. Oh no. No, I don't answer questions. You don't no, answer just, any okay, questions? No, go ahead. Okay. All right, <laughs> go ahead. Any song or memory, but I'd like to know one of yours. You can pick one any of mine. Yeah. Oh, sucks. Have you done your own sucks. homework assignment? No, no. This is this is not how I meant for this to go. Not at all. <laughs> uh, you know, I did say... Yeah, I'll say my childhood was is the Chicago Bears fight song. That's what my I know, I know, I know you're. Are you? A I mean, um, no, I'm not. But I, I've I've heard that song several times. It's a very uh, iconic song, and growing up around Chicago Lane, like I did, uh, it was around all the time, and I remember it a lot because when. Uh, you know, my parents were divorced and stuff, and I would see my dad every weekend. And one of the things that we would always we always do is watch the Bears. And so, a lot of times, he'd be for kind of more of the afternoonish games. He, he would have to drive me back to my home, and it was mm-hmm. like 30, 45 minutes. And I just remember sometimes, a lot of times, listening to it on the radio, and they would have the you know the fight song throughout it throughout mm-hmm. there. So that's what I guess my song would be bear down chicago bears bear down chicago bears the the chicago land sports have a weird knack of creating their own fight songs it's the midwest we don't have like a lot more yeah it's just like we gotta be proud of what we got so yeah we don't have beautiful weather or majestic coast or humpback whales jumping out in the in the ocean Mm-hmm. You know, so but we do we got we got football and we got our pride. Yeah, and we got the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I mean, I think the Bears song might be slightly better than the Cubs song, but yeah, yeah. the Cubs. I don't know which one the Cubs song is. They probably have a terrible one. Oh, it, it's pretty much just go Cubs go. Oh, that one. Yes, it's definitely better. You got any other questions for me? Since no, you got I, me on the hot seat. I don't. Thank you for sharing. Well, thank you so much for being on. I had a lot of fun. How about you? Yeah, it was really fun. It was um, it was a lot easier than I thought it would be. I've never well, been good. on a podcast before, so. Well, this is the first one. Painful. It's very fun. Uh, the Aging Hipster is produced and edited by Bob Serrano. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Bob Serrano Five. Email me at aginghipsternetwork at gmail dot com and uh, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean great and please leave kind reviews thank you so much for listening have a great night